You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walters studio in Salida, Colorado and Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest running hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times in 160 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand and heard worldwide in most places you download your favorite podcasts and at thetrailshow.com. We're recording in multiple locations again this evening. POD and I are hiding out in Chafee County. And where are you hiding out, Spesh? Uh, Boulder, Colorado. In a basement, I hope? Um, it's more like uh, an elevated uh, room with good airflow and, and light. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. That doesn't sound very podcasty. Yeah, it's, it's what I got. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Well, and it looks like uh, joining joining us also from Boulder is one Mike DiLorenzo. DiLo, I see you're wearing a mask this evening. How are you doing? I'm fine. How does my audio sound? Uh, it sounds a little muffled through the mask. I thought really? that was Han- I thought that was Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> no, yeah. it could be. Uh, I'm just playing it safe down here in the cellar. You know, <laughs> just just keeping it safe. Disco, there's just some beautiful flowers behind you. I, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a. Recording in a bed of flowers this evening. Wow. Dilo, do you normally wear a mask inside your home? Uh, yeah, my entire family is maintaining social distance from each other. We've been doing that since about March 13th. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we, we do this around the house uh, for safety reasons. It's a good look. Thanks. And you got your Umbra's glasses on, I see, too. I do, yeah, yeah. Shout out to a past trail show sponsor. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, you're just in time. We were just introduced in the show. P.O.D., what is on the menu this evening? Well, we have a summer skinny show for you tonight. Um, we have trail news, um, including some our digital reporter. Uh, we also have trail of the month. We're going to be looking at the Lakes to Ocean Trail tonight. The L-top. We've got some hotline calls. Yep. We've got some very long um, mailbag items. I know Dilo's going to be uh, envious of how long they are. Uh, yeah, and, and I only have one Ask a Hiker question tonight to make up, to balance, to maintain some sort of a balance here, right? Balance. Okay. Okay. Balance. I like it. It's the theme of the show tonight. When, when I say balance, everybody do this with their hands. Balance. Wait, I'm not on the video. Yeah. No, you are. <laughs> I can see you. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, we've got obviously going to have some shenanigans with Dilo. Uh, it's probably going to be lots of uh, muting and unmuting. I'll try to and, keep my I'll try yeah, to keep good. my children out of it because I know that the trail show does not like children. 
We don't like well, we just children. don't like your children. We're anti-children here at the show. It's true. Anti-child. Let's see. I think and, out of order. And that's not even true. No. No, we're. I think out of order is going to do a review of a found tent stake. I Ooh. think. Um, we've got our donors, and ask a hiker with Dilo, and uh, that's pretty much it. Well, with that, let's get right into. Delo's segment, segment. Mike, Mike DeLorenzo's Lorenzo's Beer of the Month. Month. Take it away, Delo. Yeah, so like I haven't had any beers of the month for like three months, okay? So there. Well, what done. are you drinking? Yeah, what are you uh, drinking? I'm drinking a, a 10... A rosé, probably? No, I'm drinking a 10-barrel <laughs> brewing company uh, Apocalypse IPA. Ooh, very nice. 10-barrel brewing company is out of Bend, Oregon. Their Apocalypse IPA is just kind of a standard IPA. Nothing on the too crazy side, nothing too heavy on the alcohol, nothing too heavy on the, uh, the word escapes me right now. Specific Hops? gravity? Uh, no, it's actually nice and bitter and hoppy. It's just a standard IPA. It's not a hazy IPA. It's not okay. a milkshake IPA. It's not a New England IPA. Okay. It's a very balanced IPA. Okay. What about you, Spesh? Uh, so I've actually got in here. I'm actually going to open it right now. Mm, I can see the can. Ooh. The oh, smell yeah. Uh, so this is the Florida Cracker um, from Cigar City Brewing. Uh, this is actually the last of the beers that I had. I saved it uh, after the last taping. Um, this is the the last of the beer. Oh, oh, oh bleep me. Just bleep that. Bleep uh, you that. know what? I'll bleep it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll sound like you cursed. You know, our anonymous donor also sent me or us some some beers, and I just had the last one I think last Friday, and it was so good. I had gone hiking, and um, I came home, and I was extremely dirty, and <laughs> I took a very long shower, and then we had some social distance uh, happy hour friends over, and I had that last white cracker. Oh, that in the sunshine on the patio. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. POD and I are drinking that sounds lovely. beer from a brand new Salida brewery this evening. Um, by the way, hell of a time to open up a new brewery. I actually saying. think they're doing okay. I think they're doing as best they can. Yeah. I mean, they'd be doing a lot better if we didn't have a global pandemic going on. But I digress. Uh, it's called Tres Litros Brewing Company. Uh, they are in downtown Salida, and we are currently enjoying their it's called Suds, and Dilo, allow me to read from the can. It says, oh. introducing Suds, our take on a bohemian pilsner. This golden straw-colored beer comes in at 4.6 ABV. It has floral and toast aromas, a light body, and is flavored with Bavarian hops. This beer is crispy and crushable. Ooh, but is it balanced? It's quite delicious. It's, it's re- very light. It's very effervescent. It's almost like drinking water. Come on. It's a hydrating beer, is what I'm saying. I don't know about that. Yep. I don't know. I think Dilo might even be able to shotgun this beer. Probably uh, not. No. <laughs> I'm not very good at that. Oh, me and the boys, man. though, me and my kids, we're learning. We're practicing. Nice. <laughs> you got the kids? Uh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, we're trying it. We're learning. Yeah. I want them to be ready for college. You got to start him young, Dilo. Correct. That's right. He's got them shotgunning, you know, green tea matcha drinks right now, and then you know he'll move on through 
eventually yeah. to the raw to the organic beer and then eventually to the urine but anyway that's tough <laughs> all right should we get into trail news let's do it ladies and gentlemen tonight we have trail news with special 41 here it is there's not a whole lot going on in trail news as you might imagine kind of the, the what is the general news is kind of the trail news and I thought we'd talk a little bit about some of that there are some things that are starting to open back up again depending on your state depending on where you're at different things are starting to open but that is also including in some areas uh, some of the public lands that have been closed due to the pandemic mm. uh, so as a for instance We've got uh, some stuff in the Columbia River Gorge near the Eagle Creek Trail and uh, where the Pacific Crest Trail cross. Um, there's been some opening of, of uh, a limited number of trails in, in those areas. Uh, a lot of the visitor centers and things like that remain closed, campgrounds and some of the more popular waterfall trails. So from what I read, uh, the Eagle Creek Trail does remain closed, but there are like day use sites and things nearby that have, that have opened up. So in any case, um, depending on, on where you live, uh, check with your local states, state parks, county parks, city parks, and, and various land management agencies uh, to see what's open and what's closed. There was a, uh, a link that actually, Disco, I believe you sent it to the, the um, trail, the, uh, the trail show like text thread, mm -hmm. uh, but it had a map of, of the various places in Colorado, like the different counties um, and like what's open. Um, Fire bans. But there is, there is some stuff that's, that's open. You can get out. Along that lines, um, I've got two kind of uh, stories related to the PCT. We've got uh, the PCTA, actually. Um, the first is that they are encouraging people to not attempt southbound through hikes. Oh. We're approaching that, that, that time of year where uh, people would be maybe pushing off for a southbound. Uh, and they're saying, hey, hey no, really. Um, don't do don't, it. Don't don't do that. That's pretty much it for that piece of trail news. Uh, you know, they're they're saying it's still too early. However, they are saying they put out this guidance for visiting the PCT during the pandemic, uh, and it's talking about kind of the same stuff that's that's out there. Follow the Centers for Disease Control, uh, you know, recommendations of avoiding close contact. Um, you know, even when you're outside. Uh, anytime you're with others, like you just don't want to get get that close, and uh, they're you know they're talking about like trying to avoid um, some of the you know different areas and to try to not go to, so that you're not like going to places where you might be at greater risk, uh, and if you got into trouble, you know having to put first responders at at risk of both responding as well as like the coronavirus exposure potential. Um, in any case, check it out. Uh, it's, uh, it's on the PCTA.org website. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us are going to be keen to get back out for at least some, you know, weekend stuff and shorter trips. 
uh, and it's important that as we do so, we try to stay up to date uh, with the best recommendations for, for um, you know, I'd really like to stop calling it social distancing, just as a side rant. I really would like to just call it physical distancing because that's really what it is. Right. And, that's uh, true. and I feel like what we, what we need to do is, is maintain some, some degree of this physical distancing while at the same time actually doing like some social bridging. Um, you know, so you guys said you had like a socially distant happy hour with some friends the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff I think has got to be, we've got to start, start figuring out how to um, reemerge as social creatures in the, in the, uh, uh, the ongoing pandemic. Especially um, it's, it's quite nice. We've done it a couple of times now and like, you know, PUD and I'll sit 10 feet on one side of the patio and our friends will sit 10 feet on the other. And it's kind of a BYOB so that we're not like passing glasses and handling each other's stuff. And yeah, so they pull out whatever they're drinking and we pull out what we're drinking and we sit around and shoot the breeze, man. It's and you also nice. bring your own snacks BYOS. and I bring it. I bring a trash can outside and if anybody needs to pee, they can go pee in the yard or the whatever, the forest here and then put their toilet paper in the trash can. What if they need to defecate? Yeah, there you go. Well, this ground is very easy to dig in. So compare that to my so family, where the four of us have not <clears throat> spoken to each other in two months. <laughs> my children. And you wear masks inside. <laughs> so Dilo, you have You've taken this whole thing as an excuse to lock them in their room. My children yeah. have been locked in their rooms. They are very there. We slide trays under the door. We've like modified the doors so that we can slide trays underneath of food and when they're done eating they push the tray back out they have lots of video time they know how to charge their own devices um they know how to contact their friends the and like um, we the have food tray well, or? we have a, a, a five gallon bucket in each of their rooms and with a little kind of it's kind of like a groover almost you know like on the river trips it's oh, like yeah, a yeah. Groover. so we, we basically have groovers in each of their rooms and I, I maintain uh, the lower level of the house where you see me often here in this wood, lovely wood paneled room. And Wendy is um, actually she's in the next room over, but we don't really talk either. So, Dilo, is that the original room that we recorded the first year of trail shows in? It is. Wow. I thought yeah. I recognized it. It looks a little different. Yeah. Now. It's a little bit different. Okay. But not much. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't yeah. look different to me. Well, now it's your, your home. I mean, you yeah, it's it my home. I want to go off on an aside with the uh, talking about the PCCA encouraging people not to do their hikes and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I've been looking at some hiking possibly in, in Canada. You know, I've been waiting to see if the border is actually going to open. And my thought was if the border opens and the national parks are open, then they're saying it's okay. You can, you can come. But the interesting thing, and I actually kind of like this, there mm -hmm. are some um, provincial parks in Canada that are quite large and popular that are saying you can only come into this park if you are a resident of this province. And so um, like there, there's some pretty um, popular parks that, that draw people from all over the world every summer. And like I just math. think it's, yeah, I just think it's cool that like if you 
you know, like you're in the place like Crested Butte or whatever, where people come and, and all summer long, there's tons and tons of people. And like one summer, they're like, it's just for locals. Local zone. You know? Yeah. I just think that's, I mean, whatever, it, it inhibits some plans, but I do think how cool for the residents who live there that they're not going to be for this one summer. You know, of course, their their yeah, tourism industries to are going to take a public resource. And What's up, Triple O? <laughs> they're still they're still using it for the public, but they're saying like we want this is within our our province, and we want to keep our residents safe. And so, um, anyway, I think it's kind of cool. So Colorado State Parks should do that for Coloradans. No, I, I don't necessarily think that. Um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and Iowa State Park should do that for Iowa. Darn it! I, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's necessarily a good idea, uh, depending on the park and the size of the population centers near there. I, I think we touched on this a little bit last show, but I I feel like if if we're if we wanted to be smart about it we'd open up as much stuff as we could and we'd encourage people to spread out into different different trails and go to to parks that they don't normally go to and that aren't the popular ones and trails that don't get as much use and they we would be finding ways to like highlight the seldom used trails and and areas in order to like get people spread out so that we're not crowding out like any well one i will tell trail. you that so, most of Canada is spread out. That's true, yes. So Well, I think, most of Canada doesn't want <laughs> Americans in their country. But it's not just right Americans. It's people from neighboring sure. provinces. So, And that's fine. I disagree. I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Not all, provident, not all provincial parks are doing it, but some of them are. And I think it's good for the parks because I think those specific parks get so many visitors every year. And I feel like it's not just a breathing space for the people who live in that providence but it's also a breathing space for the actual like number of human that are in that park every year wait a minute yeah You're talking about people defecating i think she's using both meanings okay <laughs> i think she chose her words wisely i think she was trying to say it, say it in a way that was open to both interpretations Especially, anyway, I know we interrupted side. your trail yeah. news segment, but Triple O, what are you drinking? We just talked about yeah. what you're drinking. What are, I saw you with a can. What do you got? Ten Barrel Brewing Company, a crushed cucumber sour. Ooh, <gasps> tell us about that. It's five percent alcohol by volume. Oh, <laughs> its can <laughs> is very boring. Is it more sour or more cucumber? No, it's or not sour. Or perhaps it's it's balanced. a cucumber sour. Yes, but that's actually a beer that the onion sent to us one year. What with ice? No, yes, you onion. should have seen. <laughs> no, he actually came to Salida and dropped it off, and he had so much ice. He it had was a crazy. truck, truck full of truck ice. Full. He actually when had, he came to Salida. Uh huh. He, he hijacked one of those ice carrying trucks. Mm -hmm. And threw his tiny cooler in the back. Um, yeah, we've all seen those ice carrying trucks. That crush, that's that cucumber. They only make it once a year, and they hand peel all those cucumbers. They have the whole staff. Because I emailed the owner, was like, "Dude, we love the cucumber sour. Is there any way we could get some more of this?" And he was like, "We only have it for like a month every." Triple O, how'd you get it? I bought a box of different sours they sell. 
It's like a variety pack. They have apricot sour, cucumber sour, Ooh. strawberry sour, and raspberry sour. Ooh. Aren't they a California brewery? Oregon. Oregon. I, I would like to yeah. ask. I would like Did to you get ask. that at Hazel's by any chance? Where, where'd you, that, sounds, um, that sounds like a delicious mixer. Hazel's, got it. we would love you to sponsor the grocery the store. Yeah, I, I would like to ask, sponsor. Have, have any of you had the Florida Man? And if so, where did you get it? Well, we've all had it. Yes. Yeah. Where did you get the Florida Man from? It we got somebody it from the weekend. From, from the Florida. Weekend. The weekend brought it in on a horse from Florida. Okay. To everyone except for you. Why did I miss out on the Florida Man? You look the most Florida Man right now. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm very upset that I have not had the Florida Man. Um, well, well, we'll work on it. Well, no, I yeah. I, it's actually come from a few different places, I think. So, D'Lo, now's um, your chance to appeal to The weekend directly because I know he's listening. What would you like to say to him to get him to bring you some Florida Man on a horse? Dude, send me some Florida Man. WTF. So, so you know, so the brevity there is just like so poetic. Yeah. I wouldn't be too yeah. sad. If D-Lo. I were the weekend, I would send you a picture of myself drinking a Florida man. <laughs> I sent D'Lo a picture of me in the hot tub drinking a Florida man. Yep. You did. Yeah. And I have asked every time I've gone to the liquor store. No, they don't you sell have any the Florida Colorado. man. No, they do actually. I think I've read that they're, uh, they're that, um, Cigar City is actually going to like feature Florida Man as one of their out-of-state beers. I read that recently. In fact, I think I sent the article to everyone here. I was very well, excited. We've already had it, man. Yeah, my yeah. girlfriend's had one for about ten months, and she's not that impressed. So I wouldn't be that excited. Oh yeah, it's not that great, huh? It's just, no, it's I, not that I think it's quite good, personally. Well, Actually, I guess if you like sours, you're not going to like the Florida man. Well, the Florida this guy doesn't like a, sours. <clears throat> the, well, the Florida man is a real man's beer. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think we're going to need to whack some tubes All right, here. whacking yeah, tubes. Let's get back to trail news. Let's, let's, let's get back um, to the balance. What, what were we actually talking about from <laughs> trail news? Were we still talking about uh, the guidance from we, PCTA? I thought you were about ready to throw it over to your technology reporter. Uh, well, yeah, um, actually, let's go ahead and talk about that. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, our, our special technology uh, correspondent is going to talk about, you know, a, t- a t- tech issue that, that has been affecting the trail show. And it's a good thing that Delo is here with us tonight because I think we both can speak to it. So last month we were alerted to the fact that the trail show is not available on Apple Podcasts. And all you iPhone users out there, that's how you listen to us. So D'Lo and I did some frantic sleuthing. And, and by D'Lo and I, I mean, I mean D'Lo did some uh, <laughs> frantic sleuthing. He fixed some things in our RSS feed. And we got it all buttoned up and dialed. And on May 27th, we resubmitted the podcast to iTunes. And it is June 10th. And it still says status is under review. I just reached out to the Apple folks again today and I got an automated reply that says they will get back to me within 24 hours. So I don't know what the holdup is. I'll just blame it on COVID-19 and hopefully 
our podcast will be back on Apple Podcasts in the next, hopefully by the time the show comes out. And also there's people that use like Overcast and other podcasting apps that are only for Apple devices and they can't get our show either at the moment. So hopefully that'll all be rectified by the time this show hits the air. Dilo, do you, did you want to say anything about the frantic sleuthing you did? Um, no, just that um, with enough diligence, I was able to get our podcast feed to be uh, in, in ship shape top order so that it could be submitted to Apple podcasts. And um, <clears throat> personally, I just find that having to go through so much bureaucracy to get a simple podcast published on an app is kind of a hassle. So I would encourage our listeners in the meantime um, to go to our website where they can download the MP3 files to your mobile device, to your desktop device, to your semi-mobile device, to all of your devices and listen to it offline at your leisure. Yeah. Thank you. The last thing that I'll add about this whole discussion is that what I realized is that um, if you have an Apple computer and you have the most current version of their OS called Catalina, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. And they've gotten rid of iTunes and basically split it into three things. And they have their own Apple podcast app now on your MacBook. But if you don't have Catalina and you have one of the earlier versions like me, you still have iTunes. And oddly enough, our podcast is still available on iTunes. But again, iTunes is dead. iTunes is going away. Everything's all podcasts will be on the Apple podcast platform. And hopefully we'll be back on there. What, what does this mean for iTunes top five? Gone, but not I mean. forgotten. <laughs> this is tragic. Just like Dell Earnhardt Sr., gone, but not forgotten, Triple O. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to start. I mean, we could we could still get reviews like, on, like, the podcast app, though, right? The opposite I of coronavirus, so. which is not gone, but forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep. So, um, okay, uh, I guess moving on to the next uh, trail news item. I've got this one and then one more. Uh, this next item is, uh, again, one of those um, more like just the world news than trail news. Um, but I thought we should uh, certainly talk about the fact that there are nationwide protests and demonstrations um, going on for the push for uh, police reform, police defunding, uh, for justice for um, black people who have been killed by police uh, and to to do some things to ensure that these things stop happening uh, because as we're all pretty aware it doesn't seem like very many days go by before there's some new story of uh, the police somewhere in this country uh, killing a black person and often these things are either completely unprovoked or uh, extreme overreactions to whatever whatever situation was going on. Um, there's really not a situation that killing somebody in an extrajudicial fashion uh, is, is the right thing to do. 
And so in any case, there's uh, a lot going on. Uh, I went down to one of the protests last weekend. Uh, it was pretty mellow. Uh, there weren't a ton of people there. It was after the Denver police had been ordered not to use tear gas on protesters. Very good. Um, but George Floyd, born 1973, killed May 25th, 2020 in Minneapolis uh, by somebody whose, whose job it is supposed to be to protect and to serve the public. Uh, in this case, took, took a man's life. Um, what's really messed up is in the last day, I've actually seen some uh, news stories come out that, that the cop who put his knee on George's neck actually knew George. These guys had, had butted heads before in uh, saw that. working wow. at a nightclub or something. So, you know, those details are still sort of emergent, but um, so yeah, um, four officers have been arrested and, and, and charged. Uh, I guess one of them just got out on bond, like literally a couple hours ago or something, half an hour ago, maybe as of this taping. Uh, but I think it's important that, that we talk about it just a little bit because here's the deal. Long distance hiking, through hiking, by and large, a pretty white dude activity. Certainly white women have gotten into it a lot more in the last several to tens of years. But, you know, this whole activity is, 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 is pretty pale. Um, and there's reasons for that, historical reasons that, that People from the black community, from black families, uh, don't go into the woods. It's not historically been a safe place. Uh, it's a place that has meant danger. Um, there's a lot of places that blacks have been historically excluded from. And even though they might have legally have the same access and sure they can get in a car and drive to the same parks and all of these other things, there's a lot of reasons, legit reasons, that that we don't have uh, a lot of uh, people of color and particularly black people in the long distance hiking community. And um, I don't think that we're unwelcoming by and large as a community. I think we're, we're actually a quite welcoming community, but I think that we could be more active in that welcoming uh, when it comes to, yeah, inviting people of color, inviting black people back out to the public lands that are their birthright as well. Uh, and, and, you know, agreed. Um, I think it's pretty important as well that, 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 that invitation doesn't stop at the trailhead, uh, that, that we kind of take some ownership for the fact that, uh, you know, we, we live in a society that's geared for white folks, which is all privilege really means, you know, we, we live in a society that's a lot more geared for white folks and a lot less geared for black folks. And when you see him getting killed in the streets by, by the police, um, man, something's got to change. Something's got to change. Yeah. And it doesn't just have to change as far as our, active invitation to people of color to come and enjoy the outdoor spaces as well. Um, it's got to change in, in the way that, that we 
look at issues, the way that we read the news, uh, uh, the way that we vote, the way that we educate ourselves uh, about uh, the issues that, that affect uh, our fellow black citizens and, and kind of do our part as individuals and as the, the kind of the greater hiking community to, to, to help to right this wrong. And uh, I guess that's, that's kind of all I've really got to say about it. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I'll additionally say, do not at me and do not email me with anything saying I don't listen to the trail show because I want to hear about politics because this is not a politics thing. If your first reaction to hearing me bring this up in trail news was, oh, politics, I got to tell you, this ain't politics, this is humanity. And, and, and one of the things that I love about the trail and I love about the trail community is that, it, is that it, it's about the, the diversity and the wonderful humanity that's out there. So don't at me with anything saying no politics on the trail show, please, because this ain't politics, people. Yeah, but we've um, been doing politics on the trail show forever. Forever. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I don't we mind like doing politics. some politics. And we talk we about like it a politics. little bit. And we, yeah. we, you know, we try not to get too, too weighed down in it. But I, I really don't think that that's what this is about. And, and uh, I really think that, you know, we, it's, a, it's a time to hold up a little bit of a mirror to ourselves and to our community and, and see how, how we can do better. And, uh, and that's pretty much where, where I see it. And, to, and, and I will say, I will add to the people who say, who, who might be saying, I listen to the trail show to escape. And maybe I don't want to hear about these types of issues. Um, my response is, that's great that you have that privilege and that choice. Because black people don't get to wake up and say, I'm not going to be black today so that I don't have to deal with all these issues that plague my community just for today. I'm going to take a break. So that's a choice. And this is something that we talked about and as a group and talked about whether or not we were going to discuss it and post things on Instagram and take a stand. And um, my stance is that not taking a stand, not commenting, not starting somewhere to educate yourself and to reach out and advocate is a choice that you have because of the color of your skin. And we all have that choice on this show. And so if it bothers you that we're talking about it, I certainly understand that. And I'll just say that it's yeah. a choice. And that's fine if you want to choose to ignore it, just like when Trump got elected and some people said, well, I'm just going to put my head in the sand for the next four years, to which I said, well, that's great that you have that choice. Some people are going to suffer and they don't have a choice. So just know that we talked about it and this is our choice. We're choosing to make a comment because it's it's not time it's actually past, past time. time way past time yeah and so. I'll, I'll, I'll just throw in if it makes you uncomfortable lean into that discomfort and ask yourself why am i uncomfortable yeah and if you are looking for the trail show to have some off color political commentary don't worry we will <laughs> true yeah i mean this is one thing that i thought about a lot on this 
is just interrogating all the all the times in my hikes that I thought, man, if it would have been a totally different experience if I wasn't a white man here. Like, you know, think about you're a through hiker, you go to the grocery store, you plop out outside the grocery store to organize all your stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a different experience if you're black in America. Think about if you're hitchhiking down a road in the southeast, you're thinking, you know, I'm thinking, well, am I going to get to town in time to get to the post office? But if you're black, you got to be thinking, well, is this person picking me up? Well, not just in the southeast, anywhere in the United States, really. Um, is this person going to be angry or hateful towards me just because of the color of my skin? I mean, I can, you can just go on and on. Everything involved in the through hike had a lot of privilege, privilege that helped me through it. So... Yeah, and the people that, that don't have that privilege that, that go out and, and hike these trails anyway. Um, yeah. You know, and some of them are friends of the shows, or friends of the show, rather. Sure. Uh, you know, Zool is a woman of color. Uh, she certainly had some some experiences that uh, that probably wouldn't have been the same if she had been a white woman. And when her and I were out doing Leave No Trace, living on the road for the year um there were there were certainly a few times where uh you know we walked into a place or we were we were somewhere and the fact that we we were we appeared as we were a a, a, a mixed race couple and we got looks you know so yeah. this stuff is I mean, still, uh, I, still, I'm not, still happens i'm not even a real mexican and i got referred to as the help once at a motel in Idaho. <laughs> Montana on our through hike. Yeah. Oh, was it Montana? I thought it was Idaho. Whatever. Yeah, and I actually have a friend who's trans who, who quit their CDT hike because their hiking partner couldn't keep going and they were not they were not comfortable going on alone as a trans person in Montana and Idaho. And this doesn't make your hike any less great, you know? It's just recognizing that other people are facing right. a different world than you yep. do. And then, and then thinking about how you can try and, and fix, fix the pieces that you have control over. That's all. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's pretty much all, all I really have. I, I feel like we've kind of touched on all the bases that I was hoping we would. And hey, you know, uh, it's I, I think it'll be an, I, I hope that this is an ongoing conversation i hope it better i hope be. that i hope that next month uh i have some i have some like update to tell you you know about uh, a significant piece of legislation that's been passed or uh something that's that's gone on with various police forces to to address these issues uh because it's it's really not something that 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 should drop off of our radar uh, when when the numbers of people that are going out into the the streets and the number of demonstrations that that are happening naturally decline, this this is something that needs to be on our on our radar and on our action list. Whether there's people marching and chanting in the streets or not. Um, All right. Cool. We, I got one more piece of trail news, and then that's it. And it's we've got be real our fast. Uh, call at seven thirty with okay. our person. Okay. Uh, well, this is literally just a quick one, and I have okay. to mention it because it's about hiking and beer. Uh, <laughs> so there is a uh, beer company, um, a Virginia-based beer company, uh, Devil's Backbone Brewing, and it is looking for a chief hiking officer to mm. hike the Appalachian Trail 
uh, in the spring of 2021. And they are going to give them lots of beer, backpacking gear, and a $20,000 stipend uh, so that they can take five to eight months to, to hike the trail and, uh, and kind of promote their slow by nature, uh, like tagline or whatever, uh, and drink beer. So uh, the deadline for it uh, is July 31st. If you would like to be a, a chief uh, hiking officer mm. for uh, Devil's Backbone, Backbone Brewing Company. I feel like, you know, these guys did not do their homework. I feel like we all should have been given a personal invitation to yeah. apply. But uh, well, you have to be a resident of Virginia, I think. Or no, it's it's like it's basically a resident of the East Coast states that they distribute Ah, beer in. Okay. And there's, you know, it's basically all the states Uh, that the AT goes through. Uh, I can't tell you how many people forwarded me this article or texted it to me, and I would just say like, this would be a hell of a seasonal job. You know, twenty grand, (laughs) all the beer you can drink, hike the AT, come. I mean, this is. This is like your. Well, I was going to apply, but if you have to live in these in these states, I guess I'm out of yep. out, yeah. out of the running. Yeah. Well, in any case, if you live uh, on the uh, the AT corridor, hey, check it out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Is that it for Trail News Special? Dunzo. All right. We have to take a quick break. When we come back. We are going to be talking to eBreak about our trail of the month, the Lakes to Ocean Trail, so don't go anywhere. Hang on to your hat. The trail show is back. We've refilled our beer glasses and we are ready to move on. Uh, we have Allison Ebrake Erian with us tonight to discuss the Lakes to Ocean Trail. Uh, Ebrake, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Sweet. Um, Allison, first of all, what, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a little hazy IPA. Ooh. Yeah. Very nice. Awesome. Choice. From Sierra Nevada? Yeah. There's cool. hazy little thing. Ah, the hazy little thing. Perfect. All right. Well, the Lakes to Ocean Trail is not one that I had heard of before. Um, uh, listeners will remember Wolverine. He's the one that, that put me in touch with eBrake um, and, and said we should have you on to talk about this trail. And I hadn't heard of it before. And it's pretty cool because I was looking into it. And I think you're one of the few people that has actually through-hiked it. I'm actually the first person to That's... have through-hiked it. Yeah. Uh, since the the creator uh, Scott Tavaward, he he developed the trail in 2013, and so it is fairly new. Uh, you know, only seven years old. Uh, but it is a collaborative effort with a few other trail systems and some trails that he created, all giving you a view of the Midwest and the eastern side of the Appala or the western side of the Appalachians. 
uh, and a hike that goes through the south uh, all the way through South Carolina, which was uh, a beautiful, fun experience. My home uh, state. I've never seen any of the Midwest because I'm from Indiana. Oh, South Carolina is your home state. What part? Gaffney. It's up near um, mm -hmm. Greenville and Spartanburg. Hopefully you didn't hike oh, through okay. that. Yeah. I hiked through Spartanburg. Actually. Oh, did you really? Wow. Yeah, I was right through the city. Yeah. Did you? Oh, I, I won't sidetrack us. I'm, yeah. I'm just shocked that it goes through Spartanburg. So, Ibra, give us a, an overview of the um, the start and finish and kind of geographically, you don't have to name every single place, but just kind of where, okay. you know, the skeleton view of where it goes. And Well, it's made up of uh, six different legs. And the first leg is called the Hoosier Trail. It's actually why I picked the trail in the first place, because I'm from Indiana and I've done a lot of the other major trails um, all over the country and uh, hadn't done anything through the Midwest or my home state. And that is um, a mixture of greenways in the northern section and then wilderness trail in the southern section. And uh, I really, uh, I thought it was a great way to see my home state and get a different perspective of it. It's more of a European style trail and parts of it uh, because you're going straight through the town, the little towns and the bigger cities. Uh, you walk straight through downtown Indianapolis, which was something I hadn't done. Wow. Uh, and then you move on uh, and do what's called the Kentucky Connection, which is uh, back country roads through beautiful horse country. And uh, if you start in the spring, like I did, you get to see it right before derby season, uh, which was an incredible thing uh, to witness just all the, the training going on. And uh, these back roads and dirt roads are away from most people you just see houses every 10 miles or so and that's through some really beautiful wooded uh, old dirt roads um, i thought it was a really cool way to see the countryside and the people the trail angels along the way and the system that was developed to get through these back country areas was extremely accommodating uh, i don't know if people are afraid to talk to other people at all or to walk you know to road walk uh, i think road walking is kind of fun uh when it's in the right setting and then the next section of the trail is the sheltoe trace i don't know if you're familiar with yeah. that smaller national we are. trail that cuts through kentucky and you do a couple of routes a little bit differently but only a few changes and it's all marked in the book uh, and that was probably one of the most enchanting walks i've ever been on um the gorges are just this ancient forgotten place and uh, i don't know if you've ever hiked in big south fork or daniel boone but the fungus there is incredible and uh the, if if you like venturing off at all there's amazing rock climbing and bouldering it's one of the biggest sport climbing places in the world uh, so you always get a mod podge of different traveling types uh, which was interesting for me because now I want to try out some more climbing. <laughs> uh, and then it goes from there on another road walk across Eastern Tennessee through all backwoods country roads uh, and smaller uh, state parks, which was a fun walk and a great way. You got, you got a lot of porch sitters um, uh -huh. in Eastern Tennessee. Oh yeah. Uh, lots of glasses with lemonade and slow, long conversations. 
they were more curious. They really wanted to know everything I was doing. The, the Kentucky Roadwalk people were a little more tentative about talking to you, but, but not those old farmers. They were great. Uh, That's cool. And from there, you go down um, to the western side of the Appalachians on the, <clears throat> on the Bartram Trail, which is um, a 172-mile trail. Um, I hadn't seen that part of the Appalachians. I did part of the Benton Mackay uh, and the Appalachian Trail in 2015, but um, that back section was full of incredible rock scrambles and balds and very, very wilderness. You don't see anybody unless you take your hitch into town. I really enjoyed Clayton. Uh, it was actually where they filmed Deliverance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, really? Uh, one of the guys lived there. Yeah, they did some of the filming there. And one of the guys is from that town. So whenever you have hikers go through, I guess there's always some interesting conversations. Then from there, you you have three different options. There are there are three different routes for the Lakes and Ocean Show. You can continue on to the Foothills Trail, which was actually an accident when the, when Scott was developing the trail. Um, someone took him back from his hitch to the wrong section, so that's an option. Or you can do the Palmetto Trail. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that, that 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 accident became like just an option in the in the, right. in the in the book now. It was meant to be, you know, it's destiny. You just gotta follow. You just gotta go with the flow. Sometimes, never hurry, never worry. And I, like I learned a lot about that in South Carolina. <laughs> Things were hot and slow. I do not suggest doing it in August. Oh, you did not go through <laughs> South Carolina in August. Be break. Yeah. What? That's what, that's what? a that's a amazing what? accomplishment. <laughs> Was yeah. that just because you didn't know, or you were just like, ah? And then I was you, there then. Let's just that's how it worked out there. Yeah. Wow. I could have planned it a lot better, but you know, it was at that point I was just ready to to do it and. I didn't feel like going and doing anything else. How did you make and, your and days tolerable? People kept giving me everything but water. They would stop on the side of the road. They thought I was thirsty, but Mountain no Dew. water. It was always soda. Mountain Dew, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you develop diabetes? <laughs> I think I'm starting to. <laughs> oh, man. I've eaten a lot of animals. So if you were in South Carolina in August, when did you start in Chicago? Okay, so I started in Southern Indiana, went oh, okay. all the way down to Buck Hall, and then went up north. So I started April 1st at the beginning of the wilderness section in Indiana. Because um, uh -huh. at the time, I wasn't planning on doing the whole thing, but I just fell in love with the concept walking through the woods and then these small towns and then into the cities i really felt immersed in all the different cultures and i hit a whole bunch of different ones all along the way i'd never seen a place like like that like i love the hiking subculture but this was just i got to know people in a way that i'd never done before i loved it so i had to keep going 
Were you solo? Were you solo the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. And where does it, uh, where does it officially end? It ends at Buck Hall Landing uh, on the, on the coast. Okay. Or if you, or another option, because the creator of the trail, um, he's my friend now, but uh, (laughs) he did the Mount Sea Trail also. So you, no matter what you end at the ocean, but if you decide that you'd rather do the Mount Sea Trail than the Palmetto Trail, you can. Ah, okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Which, which which ending would you recommend, the Palmetto or the Mountains to Sea? Well, I haven't done the Mountains to Sea trail. Uh-huh. That, that was not the ending you chose. I uh-huh. chose South Carolina, which I so I don't know that whole that whole section. Maybe we'll have to have Scott on to talk about the Mountains to Sea trail. Yeah. Yeah, you should. He he's done it like six times or something. Whoa! Oh my gosh, Ebrick, did you jump into? He wrote the book for that. And I think that's what he said sparked his uh, want to write guidebook, a guidebook of his own for a trail that he put together. Did you jump into the ocean to celebrate your finish? Yes. Nice. And I actually met someone that introduced me to someone else that did eco tours. So I got to do this little eco tour uh, the day after I finished and learn all about the area. The guy had been a, a fourth grade science teacher there for like, 20 years and his whole family was from there so i got like this whole history tour it was a wonderful way to you know nice. end my life. how long was context the for your anchoring point how long is the trail i don't know if you mentioned this earlier how many miles um it, it's uh 1700 miles oh wow wow are there any sections that you would uh you'd like to go back and hike again i'll probably do the whole thing again but i really did fall in love with the uh, the Sheltoe Trace just south of Cumberland Falls. Around every corner was a, a waterfall and these incredible crevices. You could just find really cool patches of light. And uh, when I was going through, the all the flowers were blooming and it was still too cold for mosquitoes. So, yeah. That definitely makes a difference of your enjoyment. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's why I didn't fall in love with the swamp. But... It was pretty. I I don't think I would do the swamp again unless it was it was cool. But so with are, the variety, there... wait, can I ask this question real quick? With the variety, when you're in these towns, when you're coming into these towns, and you're kind of in the this the this coming into a town or out of a town, what's the camping situation like? How do you camp when you're not in the wilderness and you're kind of like in a town and it's nighttime? And how do you how do you deal with that on this trail? Because that sounds like a uh, uh, a logistical problem that's very specific to this trail due to the due to the landscape that it travels well, to. Well, there are um, places to sleep listed in every town. Um, a lot of them are churches who've offered permission for you to camp on their ground uh, or private residences. It's been set up so that there is a possible campsite within a walk a day's walking distance, no matter what. You can get creative. If you're a, a stealthy kind of camper and you don't like the idea of camping at a, a church that uh, you have the option to camp at, but you know, ultimately it's up to you. Uh, I, I camped at the churches or met with trail angels listed or just randomly got invitations to camp with other people. In somebody's yard or something. Yeah, that's cool. So the churches makes a lot of sense, right? Because it's a safe place to kind of camp, you know, when you're in town and whatnot. Yeah, 
and it's small towns, you know, it's not like you're, and when you do walk into a big city, there's an option within walking distance outside of that city that you can camp at, or you can, you know, find a place to stay in the city. That's up to you. Like I said, it's more about having an immersive experience than it just being like a straight set wilderness, um, wilderness experience. Uh, but yeah, the churches were a fun place to camp. I met cool people and, uh, I, I'm not, you know, religious or anything either, but I never, it was, it, it was always set up as an understanding that they knew Hydra was going to be coming through here at some point. So I, I'm kind of curious. It sounds like in a few different places, there's various alternates that you, you could have done. So I'm, have you gone back uh, and done any of the alternates that you had opted not to do on your through hike? Uh, or, or are there any where you were like, oh man, I really kind of want to do this one. I kind of want to do that one. Uh, and you chose one and it's like the other one's on your list to get back to soon kind of a deal. Uh, yeah, I have a list. There's about 20 different hikes on it to be doing in the next three years or so. So uh yeah there, i'm definitely gonna check out the foothills trail and the mount to see sections uh as my finishing trails and there's quite a few more <laughs> but the, the foothills trail was appealing uh i liked the that section of the appalachians and i've heard really good things about the mountains to sea trail except for a couple of route changes through interstates and some more dangerous road walking that i'm not sure about so uh I'm going to have to look into that because backcountry roads and highways are a little different. Can you mention a, a, a guidebook? Um, where did you, where did you get most of your information or where, where could people get information if they're interested in, in hiking? Um, if you're interested, you can go to um, lakes to ocean trail.com or um, Google lakes to oceans trail. There's a link like uh, on white blaze. Uh, that pops up as the first link. That is a good link. Um, but and there's also a Lakes to Oceans Trail Facebook page with all the same information, and uh, that's the easiest way to get a hold. Uh, also on ThruHikerManual.com, you can look up the Lakes to Oceans Trail and, and it, look into getting a guidebook. It looks like Scott also sells the guidebooks. Uh, yes, and yep. you can, and his number is listed openly, so you can just call him up and order one, or just talk to him about the trail. Um, that's what I did before I hiked, and nice. it was helpful on any uh, reroutes or anything like that. All the contacts listed in the book were good to check out and talk to people ahead of time. Um, I just mainly winged it, but uh, that's kind of the way I do things. But all I had was the guidebook, and I was fine. So lakestoceanstrail.com. Excellent. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to mention I, about the LTOP? I have another, I have another question for you. Please. Do you have a, yeah. an online journal or blog or Instagram or somewhere where people could go to look at pictures? I, I do have a Facebook. Um, I, have, I will reactivate it. I don't do a lot of social media, but I did keep I did keep track of uh, of of my hike. So yes, I will I will pull it up and put some pictures out. Uh, it's pretty much all that's on there was from last year. So okay. yeah, I will, I will do that. Okay. Cool. Anything else about the L Tot we should know? <laughs>
the Altot. Um, a lot. Just that it's a really fun. <laughs> it it was a really it was a really fun hike, and I think more people should do it because it challenges you in ways that a lot of trails don't, and it it was really fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. Uh, we will post a link your newly revamped Facebook page and um, thank you. <laughs> a link to the lakestoceantrail.com website. Uh, I tell you what, folks, we've got to take one more break. As we go into break, we're going to be listening to a band out of Finland called the Doltones with their January release, Storm Rider. This is the song, Big Challenge. trail show less gear more beer and we're back baby how's uh how are the beverages going there team Dilo? i see that you've got something new got a refill. i do have something new yeah i have a soul craft brewing company from how do you say this is it salida colorado saliva saliva colorado it's the x-ray ipa it comes in at seven percent alcohol by volume in a 12 fluid ounce can and it's brewed and canned by Soul Craft Brewing, Saliva's Colorado's hometown brewery. Sedalia. And that is the extent of the writing on this can. How do you and like this? It? I like it. I've had it before, and I've bought it a few times now. I find it to be a very crisp, slightly bitter, and well-balanced IPA. How about uh, how about everyone else? What 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 are you guys doing? What are you guys drinking? I'm actually still drinking that same beer. I've been nursing it. I'm almost done with it. Triple O? I, I, I switched to a raspberry sour. From the same folks? From, yes. Also from 10 Barrel Brewing Company. Well, we just switched to the Colorado Strong Pale Ale. And we got it from Trace Litros, but my understanding is that a lot of breweries in Colorado are brewing this Colorado Strong Pale Ale as a fundraiser. And 20% of the sales of any brewery that's selling the Colorado Strong are donated to support Colorado's needs resulting from the COVID-19 crisis. So uh. if you see Colorado Strong Pale Ale in your local brewery, consider buying a little bit. Oh, copy that. All right, folks, we've got some phone calls this month on the hotline. Let me cue up our jingle. Oh, excellent. All right, Triple O, let's, uh, let's start with the first call, and then we'll go to hey, the second. This is, this is hey, Todd down go. in Austin. Um, I got the toothpick, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I didn't really expect when I made that uh, 
joke on the last recording that I sent you all that uh, you would actually send me a toothpick pod anyway. That's right. Um, I got the koozies also, and the, or the koozie and the sticker. That was great. So, hey man, it's in my uh, in my pocket knife. Uh, my little uh, Toranox pocket knife is full once again. So, thank you so much, and you guys have a great day. See you later. Wow, he got the toothpick. I was wondering. I hadn't heard from him. I mailed the toothpick. You know, I made sure I used it like real. I ate some Oreos and <laughs> and like kind of put some buttermilk in my mouth, and then I just started like you know picking things out. Buttermilk got it. Got in there real deep. Yeah. Then I just mailed it. I just put it in an envelope, made the envelope damp and crusty, and I just mailed it. Look at the trailer God. show. Just. Gross. Fulfilling dreams. We're like Make a Wish Foundation, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh Are we? Are we really? No. Oh, Just man. without the, the, <laughs> the cause behind it. Okay. <laughs> we also got a uh, an update. This is exciting from Moon Kid. What? Um, yes. We haven't heard from. Hey guys, this is Moon Kid. I hope you are doing well. I uh, I thought I could call you to practice a little bit my English. No, actually, the truth is that I'm sorry, but that POD had to insist a little bit to to help me to find the motivation to call you because, I, I mean, that's always a pleasure to talk with you, but I've been doing a lot of stuff since I came back. Uh, I came back home late October. So I haven't, haven't done any hike. Actually, I haven't, haven't done any outdoor adventure or anything like this. I've been very quiet at home with with my parents and um yeah, seeing my friends and everything. Feels good to be at home actually after two years hiking in uh I mean in South America and North America. So yeah, I've been enjoying it very much and um even with that lockdown um, I had some time to to read and to watch to watch movies and to do some other things. So yeah, that's all right. Even if, of course, I'm a, a little bit sad because um, I don't know yet, but um, the odds that we'll be able to to resume the hike up north are quite low. So we'll see how it goes. But um, I can imagine it's a weird year for. Every everybody in the hiking community anyway, so we have to adapt anyway. And um, at the same time, I have the feeling that, I mean, maybe it sounds a little bit weird, but I don't know. I I, I feel that we are part of this nature, and um, as long distance hikers, our aim, our goal is to to go exploring the the nature, the wilderness, and actually. As we are part of this nature, we have plenty of things to go exploring in ourselves. I don't know if it's if it's too complicated, or I don't know if you understand what I mean. But yeah, I I feel that's actually an opportunity to yeah just to to do some other stuff or just to rest up and um, plenty of adventures. You know, try to motivate people to do. To do things every day and to wake up early and to yeah to do some crazy stuff every single day and um, I don't really approve of that I think sometimes 
it's just good to rest up, you know, and just to enjoy the time you have. So, yeah, I have, I'm in that kind of um, mentality. It's, it's kind of my mind right now. And uh, Unfortunately, much like his height got cut off by winter, oh. his phone call got cut off by our <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so right, whatever profound thing he was building to has been lost. I think he was just saying, like, you got to be where you are. Yeah, you know, it, it's a good. It all goes back to the three A's: accept, mm-hmm. adapt, yep. and appreciate. <gasps> yes, it all yeah. comes back to Swami. Three A's. Wow. Yeah. Accept, adapt, and appreciate. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And I think he's. You know, I, I've actually talked to Moonkid a couple of times, and he. Um, you know, he doesn't even seem uh, too disappointed about the fact that he's probably not going to be able to resume his hike this year. He's really appreciating being at home after being not just hiking for two years, but most of that time he was in places where he was by himself. Like no one else was doing that. You know, you're, you're like yeah. a weirdo. Not just a friend, not just because he's French. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> you know, so I think he's enjoying being, and his parents are, are lovely. You know, they came to Colorado last year. His family's great. So I think he's enjoying being at home. And I know he's doing a lot of active stuff just at home, you know? Didn't he run a marathon or something? Well, Didn't no, he, he was like that? not running for a long time. And then he was like, I finally got running again. I ran a 40K. I'm like, yeah. of course you did. <laughs> of course. Sure. You know, you've got to. <laughs> kill time somehow when you're taking a break from your 15,000 mile hike he did tell me he went on a group run along some river near his house like big famous river that has a bike path I think that's where it was with his family <laughs> and there was a bathroom incident Ooh. because it's a very public place and there's nowhere to hide Whoa. I don't know the details because you know moon kid's not into he's a lot more proper than I am so he didn't discuss those well, he should just, he should call into the hotline and yeah. tell us all about it. Moon Kid, you need to call us back <laughs> and tell us about in your pants next to the river. We want to yeah, hear man. about it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the story that These are the kind Fail of details show is we need. made to tell. Yeah. Not, Not these profound <laughs> statements. Come on. <laughs> Come Nobody on. cares about that. Okay, what else we got? Um, we have an interesting dilemma I think many, many hikers will appreciate. Hey gang, um, I just, uh, I thought I'd call, I, I, I needed somebody to talk to, you know, we've all been having a hard time with this thing going on and I've been buying a lot of gear, uh, I admit it, <clears throat> probably a little too much gear listening to the trail show and, you know, planning my hikes and, uh, it, uh, you know, it's finally come to a head. Um, my lovely, beautiful wife has, has said, you know, I can't, I can't hike anymore. It's just gotten out of control. I can't, she's, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's, uh, you know, you, you got this thing that's been a part of your life for so long and now all of a sudden, uh, it's, it's, it's gone. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to miss her, you know, I don't know what else to say, but, uh, um, you know, hopefully she'll find somebody that doesn't like hiking. So anyway, have a great, uh, have a great show. Get on the trail when it's safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds okay. like he, uh, he, he, there was an ultimatum there and, and he made his decision. Yep. Hey, you know, you gotta do what you it's gotta like do, I guess. Bobby Walters posted the other day if you could have the option to be skinny for the rest of your life or eat tacos every day, 
would you choose hard or soft tacos? (laughs) 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 Ah. Okay. Any other calls on the hotline, Triple O? We got one last call, a story from the Colorado Trail. Oh. Hey, y'all. This is Joshua about to Job Bowden. Yo! All right. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you a little story of uh, a little bit of time I spent on the Colorado Trail last year. I was out there at the end of August, beginning of September, doing the uh, northern pass, going from Denver to Buena Vista, or Buena Vista. I haven't figured that one out yet. Anyways, I was near the end of my trip, and I had gone up and summited Albert, coming down to Twin Lakes. But the storm, a storm was coming up from the west, so I got down, got some food, picked up my uh, my box. I was making my way around the lake, um, which is, you know, if you packed it, it's pretty exposed, kind of reminiscent of Southern California almost. And uh, when I looked off to the west towards the mountains, it was pretty much pitch black. Um, getting kind of scared, being exposed there, trying to get back in the woods, kind of huffing and puffing my way around. And I made it to that one part where there's a dam or a bridge. You have to go across it. And it was looking real dark. Lots of lightning, lots of thunder, getting pretty scary. And uh, I was making my way across the dam, and a giant gust of wind came and just about knocked me off my feet and scared me half to death. So I got up, and I just started running as fast as I could across the dam, hoping to make a tree line. Wind was howling so loud I could barely hear myself, you know, running. But I saw two trailers on the other side of the dam and decided, well, maybe there's some nice people in there. Maybe I can sit in there for an hour and wait out this this storm and get back on trail. So I approached the two uh, trailers kind of cautiously. And as I got close, I went to one of the doors. I was about to knock on it. And two giant pit bulls come up. And they're snarling. They're drooling. They're barking at me. And I'm just like, "Mm mm-mm, I'm out of here. It ain't worth it. But then two guys came up to the door, and they were like, you backpacking? What you doing out here? So I uh, told them what was going on, asked if I could hang out for 30 minutes, an hour, wait out the storm, and, and they let me in. And uh, it was a great time. There were these two twin brothers who'd worked in uh, construction the whole life, and they were out there. They sold the property, I think, back in Breckenridge for a whole lot of money. And they were out there at Twin Lakes, and they bought their own property, and they were building up their own houses by hand, doing all the electrical, all the plumbing, all that stuff, doing it by themselves. And they're also out there to dig for gold in a public mining area. Sounds like a good plan. Anyways, it was a good time. The two pit bulls about scared me off, but they were super friendly. They loved drooling all over my legs and everything. That was nice, you know, cool down after a, after a hot hike. And uh, let me wait up a storm with them. They offered me lots of whiskey, lots of fireball, you know, gentleman's doing, lots of weed. But uh, it was a good time. And after that, I continue on with my hike. But uh, just shows the kindness of strangers out there on the trail, even if their dogs try to kill you and then solve all of you. Anyways, <laughs> thought you guys might enjoy that. Have a good one, guys. Yeah! Joshua, bow down to job. Bow down to job. That, that was a good story. Yeah. yeah, that was a good story. Let me tell you something. Bad on the jaw. Gold panning, I don't know. I've, I've seen people doing it uh, on the section of trail that we maintain, digging for gold, gold panning. And and also on that creek, uh, Cannonball Creek be- or Clear Creek between Golden and Wheat Ridge. And Wheat Ridge. And it looks awful. It looks like backbreaking, boring work with not a lot of 
you know, rewards. But maybe just the looking is what you're into. So I, I, I don't know. It's all yeah, about you know, I've got a, I've, I've got a friend. Uh, actually, you guys all have met Pajamas. Mm-hmm. Pajamas is a gold panner. And he's he's got a, a decent little collection, you know, a few different little vials from different places that he's gone and collected. But yeah, he just has a fun time. Like he'll go through and in some spots, like he's gone and looked for the historical records and and figured out like where old mines were, and then gone and and just panned in the river around those areas, you know, in order to like find better stuff or whatever you yeah, lost you, me at you lost me at historic records <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair fair enough yeah but he just he enjoys it he gets he gets a, a big kick out of it let's go to our trail show donators no donors okay i, I know of course we've got bernard wolf hey russ not fuss kinder russ and, uh, greg pisco what a guy what a guy smith greg up Bobby Walters. The, the, the Bobby Walters. Richard Glasgow. Glasgow. Joshua bow down to Jaw and the Pitbulls Bowden. Yeah! <laughs> Trevor Smoking, if you got it, Bowman. Sean Weedman. The Weedman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Diane Pinker. Stein. David Bullet as big as your six month old baby. Justin Knowles, Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dane. Wow. Don't go. Just don't, don't go. Don't Ingrid lurch Gerard. if you're going to church. <laughs> Ingrid Gerard. Rudy from, Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Rudy Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel. Thanks for that that little the little ditties last week, last month. Bye, Zal. We have El Dia Después del Sábado. Stephen the Hustler Russell. Emma the Brute Bruce. Brute. Sasha Honeydew Codet. And Kevin Chickpea Cross. No, you got those. You got those crisscrossed. I can I can list them in a different order if I want. Crisscross will make you. I'm jump, all out. Jump, jump, jump. The Mac Daddy. Shira Patrick. Jump, jump. Wesley Daddy the Haggis Addict. Jump. Jump. <laughs> the Haggis Addict Greenwood. I need it. I, I need, need my it. I need my Haggis. I just Tebow. Need it. Tebow, not Tim Williams. Tebow Who's got him. my Haggis? Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens. Beep, beep. Meat Joseph, Popsicle. Jo- Joseph Pecoraro. Hey. Popsicle. Hey. Brandon Lost Balls, Love Lady. Oh, God, we're Burning Lost Balls. Shira the Switchblade and Brian the Big Mac Namara. Big Mac, so big. Patty Sisu Matiskella. Hey. Oh, Patty. Hey, Gilbert. Kill Bill hey. Cottrell. Patty, do you want some of this pasta? David the Geode Hale. Right. Hannah Dykstra. Steven Hannah. swept away, but last TTS, you'll call me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Hood. Anthony. The Brad Pitts. <laughs> um, Bob Death March Trombley. Oh, we didn't talk about that new story. DMT. Oh, we didn't talk about it. We got to get, get DMT back on the show. Yep. Yeah. DMT sent us an article. I, yeah. It might be too late to, to He's like. He's actually never yeah. been on the show, but we need to get him on the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll get him on the show next month. Yeah. Rachel Die, Roll Tide Die Merchant. No. Eric Adequate Johnson. Yeah, that'll do. Dan Thompson, 
I'm sorry, Dance Thompson. A.A. <laughs> Ron's cousin. Dan Thompson? Dance. His first Dant. name is Dance. Dance Thompson. Thompson. Yep. Next time, is it next H month. There's his Hispanic. Yeah, maybe it's, he's, it's maybe he's Dutch. Maybe he's it's Dutch. Dan Thompson. Yeah. Dan Thompson. I need Dant my haggis. <laughs> Martin, the rawest water swank. Ross. Water. Mark, the homemaker, homier. And we have a new monthly VIP, Sarah Compass Haynes. So thanks hey, for joining nice. the ranks. Hmm. Yeah. Muchas gracias. Year. And we have a one-off. Who that? What? Salty from katiegerber.com. Hey, what? Salty. Thank you. Yep. Who's that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, she, so, what, she's too good to join us for, for a Zoom uh, Yeah, what is this? Well, we what, haven't invited that her, so that's the first thing. What, we're too good to uh, in She's off the grid, so, man. She's off the grid. She is. She's, uh, she's, she was uh, taking a little break, a hiatus from Salida during the COVID, and uh, she's back, and she's got some new digs. I haven't seen them yet, but I'm pretty excited to go check it out. Mm. Um, and she is still offering her her health. Wait, they let her process. back into the county? I thought Salida was like, no one come here. No, that was well, Gunnison. go downtown, and you'll see they're letting everybody in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let me tell do, you, they're here. Do Do you like to go down there and, and just shake your head disapprovingly at them? No, just I don't look, go down look there. at them and just just. No, mm. I don't go that, down there. I go down there and. 97 oh. Beauty hates it, but 97. I hate it because he comes back Beauty's every time. He's like, let me talk for three hours about how people are down there not wearing masks. 97% of people visiting Salida are not wearing masks. So if you come to Salida, you're on your own. Good luck. Anyway. And that's the last I should have to hear about that. Because not going to change. Moving on. Should mm. we go to mailbag? I need my haggis. <laughs> Uh, Dilo looks a lot younger. Whoa. Whoa. Talk about a facelift. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a good gene no, sequence go impression. P.O.D. is right. not entertained by small children. Oh, oh yeah, we know that P.O.D. doesn't like children. <laughs> In fact, um, we all had a song we wanted to play for P.O.D. tonight. Oh, um, please yeah. is, it, is it copyrighted? Is it Cruella DeVille? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's copyrighted. It's not Cruella DeVille. It's, um, what's the song, Leo? No, Wendy knows. It was Wendy's suggestion. Um, it was a... Yeah, I, I remember. I remember. Is it short people got no reason to live? Oh, where did that come from, man? <laughs> that was Sweet a shot at the entire DiLorenzo family. <laughs> By Randy Newman, Randy Newman. Shot across the bow. Oh, wow. it's, it's called, uh, it's actually a Taylor Swift song. It's a Taylor oh, Swift mean song, yes. We can't play it on the trail show because it's copyrighted. Yeah, Is it the Calm Down definitely song? Definitely don't play it. No, it's actually, I don't know. Before it even airs. I don't. I we don't even think we could say the lyrics on the show, okay. right? I'll have to Google Probably. it later. Yeah, yeah we, I don't. I don't know this. On, Taylor, I'm actually a big Taylor Swift fan, but I don't know this. Uh, I don't okay, I'll have to look for it later, and then, I'll, and then I'll find a song for you guys to listen to. Yeah, but we can't. <laughs> I'm explaining right. to Leo how copyright. Triple O, take it away with mailbag. So mailbag. 
All right, item number one. Fire safety is doubly important this season since there are fewer firefighters available due to COVID. I know Disco is an expert on forest health. All campfires, outside fire pits, and established campgrounds are prohibited in all USFS land in California. Alcohol stoves are banned as well. Only closed stoves with turn-off switches are permitted. When it comes to hiking in stoves and campfires, what are the best ways to prevent a forest fire? Justin Quality Knowles. Oh boy. Uh, a, first things first, look at what county you're going to hike in. And if you're on National Forest Land, go on their website, find out if there's fire restrictions. There probably is. There's fire restrictions everywhere this year because emergency personnel don't want to deal with fires when they're already dealing with a global pandemic. So, so do your research first. Now, if you go out and let's say there's not a fire ban, yeah, a stove with an on-off switch is definitely the way to go. Like, I know you want to be ultralight and cool with your, you know, uh, denatured alcohol stoves, but this isn't the year for it. Take something with an on-off switch. And as far as campfires go, just no. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> not, not this year, man. Just don't take the chance. It's not worth it. You don't want to be in the news. You don't want to be the person that started, you know. By the way, there's three fires going on in the Gila right now, and they were all lightning strikes. But still, you don't want to be the person that's in the newspaper because you started a forest fire during the global pandemic. And, oh, think about the hate that, mail. That, that would, would, would be a... That would be a really bad double whammy, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I and mean, like, I, I, I feel like we just need to get away from this idea that campfires are a thing. I don't even, actually, I don't even want to, like, call them campfires. That was kind of the term we used to use in Leave No Trace. But, yeah, fires, generally, I don't think we need them. Like, you just, what, what, what for? You hear that, Disco? Well, you can always um, go to YouTube and look at virtual campfires. Uh, and I will, I would just like to recommend no stove, beans. Yeah, no So cook. delicious. I eat them here at the house. I mean, the dehydrated refried beans are so, so good. And they if are, you are, they are really good, stove. actually. If you're arguing this stove, look at the ground around you. Really look at what's going to, like the worst case scenario, I think. This stove is going to get knocked over. What's it going to hit? What's it going to yeah. be? If near? you are going to use a stove, stay home. So I missed most of this conversation because I was bad. We're moving dealing on. with my child. I'm just wondering, That's... is it acceptable this time of the year to cook over an open fire? Is that yes. what, um, is that, the, no, is that what I just heard? Water. Only in your yeah. backyard, yeah. Dilo. Okay, so cook over an open fire. In we your big children one. around as big okay. as possible yeah. okay thanks just yeah. checking I, i'm sorry I'll, I'll be back in a little bit <laughs> okay, okay. <clears throat> item number two i'm glad to hear you guys talking about the iat in newfoundland i didn't even realize it was there i just wanted to expand on newfoundland and the neighboring maritime provinces newfoundland is actually newfoundland and labrador newfoundland is an island while labrador is attached to quebec I drove through Labrador and Newfoundland on my bike back in 2014. At the time, it included almost 1,000 kilometers of gravel roads called the Trans-Labrador Highway. Quite a challenging adventure. But we're not gonna talk about that because it's biking. Newfoundland is quite a distinct place and only joined Canada in 1949. That's crazy, by the way. They almost have their own version of English as it is heavily influenced by Irish, Gaelic, 
On the west coast of Newfoundland is the IIT, which can include the long-range traverse of 35 kilometers. This is supposedly an amazing hike. It goes through and around Gross Morn National Park. Also, at the west tip of the west coast is <laughs> the word that's going to be really mispronounced, Lance Ox Meadows, where the Vikings landed over 1,000 years ago. Great spot if you're into historical trash. Mm. <laughs> For you, P.O.D. Mm-hmm. On the east coast of Newfoundland is the East Coast Trail, 336 kilometers. When I was there four years ago, it was mostly complete. It is more laid back, but runs through a lot of small communities as well as the biggest city of St. John's. There is a lot of history in St. John's, and it was first visited by John Cabot back in, 19- in 1497. He's the, the most- cheese guy. <laughs> the most eastern point <laughs> in North America is near St. John's, Cape Spear. I watched the sunrise there one morning and heard whales breaching just off the rocks. Crossing the water over the Maritimes, New Brunswick, where I live, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island, PEI, for those who don't aren't hip to all the lingo, I just wanted to in- mention a few hikes and drives that we have. Hikes. The Fundy Footpath, 61 kilometers, arguably one of the hardest hikes in Canada. I've done it twice in a 100-mile wilderness. The footpath is harder. And the 100-mile wilderness is like the the barometer of, of no the hundred mile wilderness is not difficult the fundy circuit the fundy circuit 48 kilometers loop around fundy national park dobson trail 58 kilometers inland hike through the forest of new brunswick the fundy trek 150 kilometers joins the footpath fundy national park and dobson together cape chignecto coastal trail and in uh, Nova Scotia, 53 Ooh, kilometers. Not save. quite as difficult, but more scenic. There's also some drives. Let's not talk about this. This is a hiking podcast. Yeah, so yeah we no don't drives. drive. Come on. That is all I can think of. Sorry for the long-winded email. No problem. I'm working on my breath. Keep the great of the great work. <laughs> Cheers from Matt. Have any of you all <laughs> been to the Bay of Fundy? I have not, but I know it's got some of the most extreme tides uh, on the planet. Oh, so it's yeah. uh, one of those spots that I'd kind of like to check out just for tide yeah, like insane yeah. tides. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's many, like many way, feet. yeah, 30 yeah. feet difference yeah. between high and low tides. So you could be standing on sand or swimming in 30 feet of water in the sand. And then I guess like the, the, uh, the amount of land that sort of becomes covered and uncovered like the the acreage or whatever is quite large as well so it's it's a lot of water that moves in and out of a fairly yeah anyway uh it sounds it sounds pretty cool actually yeah Um, it sounds like there's a lot there but hey uh just quick point of order um are are you just gonna like go through later after the show and uh, when you're editing and drop in the miles uh where he says kilometers no (laughs) <laughs> no. If you're up there, no. you need to talk in kilometers. No. I'm just kidding. No, uh, no. Kilometers are great. They make you feel like you're moving so fast. I know. Yeah, exactly. You're like, wow, I'm just just barreling along. We got one more item, and this I will preface as not exactly probably a true story. Uh oh. But fake it is news. An interesting story, which is enough to qualify it. At this point. <laughs> for this podcast <laughs> uh 
Uh, well, hey, and, and so we get that intern that can, you know, uh, actually yeah. do max yeah. checking Until and verify then, stories for us. Our journal, our journalistic integrity is only going to be as high as Fox News. Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah. So, dear Trail Show, I was just listening to your podcast number 57, where y'all were talking about the dude who was killed when he dressed up as a Sasquatch and jumped in the road. <laughs> when I heard this, I knew I had to pass this along. I discovered your awesomeness, your awesome show, about a year ago, <laughs> and have been listening to all the old shows while keeping up with the current ones. Y'all rock. Keep it up. We need this during these trying times. Brian, a.k.a. Downhill. Now, Brian shared with us a news story about an Ohio couple who was attempting to spice up their sex life with some kinky role play turned horribly wrong when they dressed up as Sasquatches in the woods and were shot by hunters. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that last sentence. Are you sure this didn't happen in Florida? Say that last sentence again. Well, it's it's Ohio, so I mean, it's it like was a northern couple Florida. Who alleged? I mean, in this story, were dressed up as Sasquatches to spice up their sex life and having sex with each other in the woods and loudly. Came by. They were patrolling their property with rifles in hand, looking for signs of bears, and it said and quote it looked like a couple of gorillas mating like crazy they were standing over six foot tall and kept growling and moaning they really looked like wild creatures um and the story goes on to claim that they two hunters shot them and <laughs> of course because why would you shoot two mating creatures in the woods you, i know yeah shoot them. um i did a little research this is probably a a fake story but it is a solid warning for everyone out there who is thinking about, and I know many of you are, who are thinking about dressing up as Sasquatch and going into the woods to spice up your sex life. So consider <laughs> this a warning. And <laughs> Maybe if you're going to do that, put up some signs around where you're, you're you know, engaging in this activity. And right, humans just in costume. I don't and, know. And, yeah, and then that film like it. Reasonable. <laughs> and make sure you film it and uh, and see if you can make a deal with squatchfilms.com. Ooh. I didn't thought about this though. Like, there's like a, I mean, I feel like if a Sasquatch was around, there's like a hundred percent chance it gets shot by a hunter. Like, yeah. Is, yeah. They're definitely not gonna be like, this is probably an endangered creature. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be. They're gonna see there. dollar signs. Yeah. All right, is that it for mailbag? That's it for mailbag. Let's take one more break. We're going to go to the break this time with the songs Devil's Kiss by the Daltones. When we come back, we've got Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. Raise a glass. The trail show is back. And we've got Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. DiLo, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, friends of the trail show, 
In the effort of keeping tonight's show brief, we have one Ask a Hiker question. However, this is a very open-ended Ask a Hiker question, which may provoke a very fun discussion. Mm. So it may be the same as if we just were to read three long-winded Ask a Hiker questions by the time we answer this single question. Very good. And on that note, I would like to begin with question one of one. Dearest hosts of The Trail Show, I'm wondering what your worst, most recent camping experience was. Have you been harassed by animals in the middle of the night? On night two of a five-night trip when your food was stolen by a mouse or a bear? Has your tent been destroyed by the wind? Have you woken up with your down bag in the middle of a puddle? Discuss among yourselves. I'm very curious how bad things have been for those like yourselves who are such experienced and noble hikers. Thanks, out of onions. Not to be confused with out of order. Or the onion. <laughs> Yeah, or the onion. Out worst, most recent camping experience. Most worst, most is, recent is, is that, not camping. Is that actually like the love child of the onion and out of order? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Maybe this would be like a repeat writer. I don't really know. I don't really know. Mm. Well, and I guess I guess if you haven't been out camping recently, maybe it could be like within the most more recent past. You know, like last year, or the last year or two. Hmm. I don't have any bad I, camping stories. Well, I actually relayed my bad camping story on a not so long ago trail show. It, it involved me going to sleep and some folks pulling in right at dark. Oh, yeah. And I had to crank up the cricket music so that I could drown out all of the, the talk about Mexican weed. And then at 5 a.m. when I took <laughs> my, my ear plugs out of my ears, I heard this sound. <laughs> that was my most recent bad um uh, experience yeah i guess you know i i can't really think of bad pod you had a me. whole story about the scouts you you camped near some scouts one time and they didn't want you to camp near them and there was this whole well, i didn't give didn't you got hate mail out. from the scouts and then there was a big to do oh yeah the no it wasn't the scouts I, it was some um no, it was the scouts. I've, I've got, I've got one from the scouts where they were pretty awful. No, what? this was a group of college students with some, or high school students with some college age guides. I don't remember where they were from, but what, the story that actually comes to mind is when um, Disco and I camped, I think illegally at a hot springs um, in California along the PCT. I don't think you were supposed to camp there. Yeah, this, um, we weren't actually on the PCT. We we had hitched right. to we had hitched out from Sonora Pass down to a nearby town, and then mm -hmm. found this local hot springs. And yeah, and I it was kind of a day. rough night because I was kind of pissed because there were so many mosquitoes, and I didn't want to get in the water because your but head's I sticking out. Yes, and you're, it was crazy, the mosquito. I had to wear my head net in the hot springs. It was not comfortable. <laughs> and I did it because Disco was like, you must get in the water. You must get in the water. And it also, it was hot. Like, it, I, none of it was pleasant. Um, I made up my mind right then and there that that was the last time I get in water when I don't want, hot water when I don't want to. 
but that it, then we set up the tent in like renegade style in the wild camping and um and then some like partiers showed up um at like 11 or something oh. and Liam's <laughs> dog came and took a huge dump four inches from the netting of our bathtub floor right next to my face <laughs> and, and it reeked all, man. it was so gross oh. all night it just smelled like dog you, you didn't you didn't move it you didn't no. get up and flip it, no. flick it away we, or something dude, we were know. hiding we weren't we were like yeah, we trying to be to stealthy we, we didn't want to make any moves at all but we had to smell this big dog poop and right I, I also remember that in the morning i had an emergency like not even a three two one type of bowel evacuation but more like a one zero and I, there was actually a privy there and i ran to the privy and <laughs> there were like four squares of toilet paper left in there i didn't even have time to get my toilet paper and i had to very judiciously like tear up the pit pit the uh cardboard tube and use it as toilet paper as oh, well. wow. kind of oh, a situation that's intense and this and this ladies and gentlemen is why we get, why we use the backcountry bidet this is yeah. why Apple Podcasts. Well, I did is have to use it. I just went and dipped platform. my butt in the hot springs, and then I was all good. Oh, P &P, <laughs> come on! Public uh, hot springs. <laughs> anyway, oh, that hurts. So my my worst, most recent camping experience happened just last weekend. Ooh, yes. So we were camped <clears throat> at a reservoir that attracts boaters and RVers out by steamboat it doesn't attract tent campers and for very good reason because there is nothing but sagebrush for miles and miles and miles around Ooh. and do you know what happens in country that has no trees it gets windy do you know what happens when you're camped on top of a hill with a six foot high rei kingdom <laughs> <laughs> at two in the morning where the winds pick up <clears throat> your gigantic wind, your gigantic wind sail of a tent takes a beating. Oh. So, I, I, you know, being a hiker, I would never ever camp on top of a hill in sagebrush country. But we're at a state park. We're at Stagecoach State Park, and you got to camp where you got to camp, right? You don't really have much of a choice. So we're camped on top of this hill. The winds start picking up. One in the morning, Wendy and I are each in a corner of the tent with our backs propped up against the poles, trying to keep the oh tent in place and trying oh no. to prevent the poles from breaking as the tent is just flailing around us. <laughs> oh. And it's intense. And you know, it's so intense that I'm actually just kind of nodding off, sitting in the corner with the tent flailing around me. The children, sleeping like babies which is pretty amazing to imagine that if you're eight years old, you just slept through this like gusts of wind and this tent flopping around you and everything. Wow. Anyways, we did that once, the wind died down, we lied down. The winds picked up another hour or so later, we were right back on, at it again. But this time, one of the poles snapped and the pole that snapped, the tent just kind of collapsed, flailing in the wind on that side. And there wasn't much we could do, really. It's just kind of like, let's hopefully don't have to retreat to the car and have everybody sleep in the car. Um, mm. And we didn't. So we made it through the night. And I went out and checked on the tent, like, in the middle of the night. And I was just 
you know, walking around, swearing, uttering profanities, looking mm -hmm. at the, the broken tent pole. I would pay money to see that. Yep. So come, come, we can, <laughs> we can post it. We could post some pictures on our Facebook page if you'd like. <clears throat> come morning, I come out and I look and the tent pole is just, it's just broken. And, and what's supposed to be a nice arcing curve is now just this like triangle poking up through the fly. <laughs> it had ripped through the fly. The fly's got oh. like a long gash through it. The pole is broken. So here I am like thinking, well, I guess we're going home today. So I cannot, we disassemble the tent. We unpack the tent. I take apart the tent. We get the pole. I borrow a mallet from somebody in the campground. I'm trying to bang the tent pole back into shape so that I could slip the sleeve over it and mend the break, kind of like a cast, you know? I was unsuccessful at doing that. I had almost given up. thought it was time to go home. When my friend says, Mike, what you need is a rod, and I have just the thing for you. And he hands me a couple of his metal marshmallow roasting sticks which I chopped up into little four inch pieces, bundled kind of like four or five of them. No, maybe it's like seven or eight of them together with duct tape, slid them into one of the poles and then slid the other pole on top of that, which kind of made like a metal rod, pictured like a really broken yeah. bone so bad that they need to put a rod in there to kind of anchor it back together. That's what I did with my tent pole. Mm. Wrap some duct tape around it. Actually, I think, I think um, my friend got this idea from the late Paul Magnanti. I, I ate some <laughs> bad bologna. Oh. I think this is a pro tip from the late Paul Magnanti. Hey, um, you know what? You, you, you could have used some tent steaks. I could have used some tent steaks, but the problem was like I would have had to like bend or break the tent steak. Um, and this metal marshmallow roasting pole was such that I could snip it with my, my Leatherman tool, you know? And I could get, I could get like seven or eight of them in there just tight enough so that the you know the the um the elastic string that's in the tent pole didn't snap but the poles themselves snapped right. so i was able to just kind of shove them in and shove them in on the other side and then it actually the tent actually made it through two more nights you know wow. the, it was a 90 degree bend where it was supposed to be a nice curve nice aerodynamic curve but it made it through two more nights of more wind so, so you that, spent two more nights sitting in opposite corners holding the poles up? No, no, no. The, the, the next two nights were actually – actually, the next night was much less windy, but during the day, there was serious you winds. You the kids sit in the corners? Yeah. We, we, we abandoned the tent in the day, and we said, if the tent is still standing when we come back, we're not going home. And the tent was still standing when we came back. Wow. Now, the winds from this storm that blew through on Saturday afternoon were so severe. Um, I, was, I was visiting a friend today, and he showed me a tree that fell across the street from his house in Denver. And it had, like, fallen on the house and broken a piece of the roof off the house and, you know, landed close to the other house. But it was just yeah. a gigantic old-growth tree in this neighborhood in kind of north Denver that had fallen in that storm that our broken tent pole survived on Saturday afternoon. By the way, that storm was a rare weather event called a derecha. I read about it, was. it and it's, uh, I don't know. It was basically like the entire state of Colorado got that storm, which yeah. is what made it unique. It wasn't just, you know, a micro specific area. It was everywhere. It was here. It was up in Steamboat. It was on yep. the Front Range. It was everywhere. 
it was like a it was a front just blew through the entire state you know from like south to north all at once and in front of that front was just a strong line of thunderstorms and behind it was blue skies yeah yeah it was what about you it was pretty severe here in uh in the the front range that's for sure yeah Uh, it took down a tree over boulder creek that made kayaking the creek very dangerous not to diverge from kayaking I mean, from hiking. <laughs> hey, this isn't a kayaking <laughs> podcast. Come on, man. All right, Special, what about you, man? You got some uh, terrible night camping story? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't really have that many of them recently. Um, my, I do have some recent camping stories, but they've actually been pretty good stories. Mm-hmm. So I oh, haven't really had... Yeah, other than like some people that came in and set up next to me like when I thought I was going to have no neighbors, but then I had neighbors. I really like this moose knuckle that, that, shot that we're getting. That was, <laughs> yeah, Spesh, what's going on with your, your camera angle there, man? Man, I just don't have a great place to be able Spesh to set has an OnlyFans website, just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> He's testing it out right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow um yeah no, i don't i don't really have a whole lot of, of recent bad ones now i have had um over my years i've had some 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 doozies of uh of bad camping experiences but yeah i don't think really in in even the last year i've had anything where i'm like where i've legit just been like oh my god i can't believe this and may as well just pack up and go home right now or or something like that um and and you know honestly it's usually just been um times where i've had to camp at uh you know like state state park campgrounds Mm -hmm. or things like that uh that are like reasonably accessible or fairly popular and you end up getting some some noisy neighbors or car camping man yeah i mean it's that's that's pretty much always how it is um, but I also like, I, I have earplugs for that exact reason and I don't particularly get bothered by using them. Um, so, yeah. you know, when I, when I was just thinking about this, when I was doing the Sierra high route, we camped at that in the Sierra, the campground that you go through, uh, it's giant. We stayed there with thumbs up. What's it called? Uh, help me out people. Which camp? Which where? It's a car camping a campground. Sierra campground. But it's a car camping, and <laughs> there's a little a store there, and there's a little restaurant. Southern Sierra, Northern Sierra, Tuolumne Meadow. Tuolumne Meadows. Oh yeah. Up there on like July Fourth. Oh <laughs> yeah. Sierra High Route, and Nightmare. there were some guys that were so drunk, like two spots over, playing Settlers of Catan, <laughs> till late in the night, and I was like. All right, who let the nerds out for the weekend? <laughs> who let the nerds out? <laughs> and Allgood finally like went over there and talked to them, but it it was pretty fun to hear Allgood complain loudly about it in his tent for like an hour. <laughs> finally, come over there and talk to them. them. <laughs> and they were making jokes like, you know, like, oh, I hope my wife doesn't find find out about my poker card. <laughs> you know, just like. I don't know. Oh boy! Just really, what you would expect from a group of guys playing Settlers of Catan in a <laughs> campground? Hey, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good game. Yeah, I I know, this could I be know. a fun game. What about you, Triple O? 
terrible uh, yeah i was trying to think about it i probably the last recent one was on the hike across europe in norway one time i was sort of injured my knee a little bit and set up camp kind of as a rainstorm was coming and just was in a little bit of a dip of land and norway it was so rocky there the land didn't absorb any water and so like at 3 a.m i wake up in a pool oh. and it's just brutal i don't know it's one of those like you're exhausted i was injured and i'm just like you're, you're trying to move stuff it's still rainy it's just like <laughs> was this during the, the theodore worst. jones era this was close to theodore jones theodore was not there to participate in in the, in in the, the swimming the, pool variety of words that were coming out of my mouth <laughs> the pool water um, oh man yeah but it's Girl. just a reminder you know like you camp you know you you know it's not like that was my first time ever camping you just you, you always had to be aware <laughs> you you can't forget things like that sometimes yeah you always have to remember all the little tricks and if you forget one sometimes mother nature It'll will remind you <laughs> when uh pepper and um trauma were doing the winter PCT through hike they camped one night in a snowstorm and in the middle of the night the tent pole their hiking pole that's in the center of their tent snapped in half because of the weight of the snow oh that's and, yeah and they said the same thing like we made a mistake and and they for them the stakes were so high you know and they're like we're lucky we didn't we didn't die but yeah that was like a reminder to them and so then the next couple times i think they there were storms they would take turns they'd set their alarm for every two hours and they'd take turns going and brushing the Locking tent off or snow. whatever sounds wow. wonderful yeah sounds very <laughs> not, restful not really <laughs> you know i i actually did do some camping recently and uh and i had that experience where you know when you look at the sky and you're like yeah i'm i'm, I'm good i don't need to like put up a tarp or anything like that i'm i'm, I'm solid nope and you just go to sleep. Well, I, I was trying out a, uh, a, a hammock that I've had for forever and never actually used. And I did it without the tarp at first, and I definitely woke up in the middle of the night and was getting rained on. <laughs> and, and so <laughs> I had to, uh, yeah, get out and uh, figure out how to set up the tarp portion of this tent. <laughs> This in the rain in the rain oh, that's fantastic that's struggle so, that's the struggle that, bus right there that was pretty entertaining at I some mean, point we, it we was should... pretty straightforward so i managed to figure yeah. it out pretty quickly and and didn't get too wet or anything but it was definitely like one of those uh like man you really should have gotten this thing ready to go and figured it out before you decided to to like risk it and and sleep without Follow-up question for Dilo. Dilo, what is the status of the REI Kingdom? I haven't looked into – uh, I have to replace the pole yep. and I have to replace the fly. The fly can't really be mended, can't be sewn back together because where it would be stitched back together would be sitting directly over the pole. So it would be too susceptible mm. to failure. So I don't know what the status is yet. I haven't had a chance to look into the re, uh, repairs or the cost of repair. You could use a patch and then just stip, uh, stitch on the ends where it's ripped. Maybe, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's, the gash is like two feet long. Tenacious tape, uh, man. Just tape the hell out of it. You'll be fine. You know, yeah. I, put, I put duct tape on it and 
it yeah. failed. It failed within an hour or two. So, um, I think it. I think if it's, it needs to be if it's REI, you can just get get a new one. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully, uh, one of the guys at the campground said, "Like, I just replaced the poles in my REI tent. You have an REI tent, don't you?" And and so he said Did they he were expensive. Like he said they were no, he didn't. But you know, okay. <laughs> he said they were fifty dollars a piece. They were very expensive. It's not so, that expensive. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't think so either. But I'm probably looking at over a hundred dollars in repairs. Unless REI takes pity on me, uh, maybe they could. Maybe I could say like they I'm shouldn't. on the trail show. And hey, man, cheaper I, than leaving your forever. Subaru in Grand Junction. Actually, this cheap, leaving my Subaru in Grand Junction didn't cost me anything. <laughs> By the way, Spech, how's the Subaru going? <laughs> oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah? You taking yeah. any road trips with it? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Where have you gone? Uh, I went to Utah. Nice. So you went through Grand Junction. Oh, you, you went back to, you went back to the scene of <laughs> oh, the crime, man. man. I was a, I was a little nervous, you know. I thought, like, man, did you drive? Get, did you drive up over the San Rafael Swell? Um, probably yeah, not. No, I didn't go that far. As soon as I went to uh, Grand Junction, I turned south. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. All right, out of order. You got a tent steak review for us. Wait, Wait a minute. Is gotta, that it for Ask a Hiker? Yeah, I told yeah. you with the brief. It's a brief in the what? in the name of brevity for the sake of brevity. Okay. We we're only doing one Ask a Hiker question tonight. We had so many mailbag questions. That's true. They could have been a show unto themselves. Well, let me cue yeah. up the music for and, our and we had to have we had to have balance. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Oh, I like this angle. I like this. <laughs> Spesh, that's that's excellent. Man. Wait, you should take your shirt off though. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trails of Nation, you are missing out right now. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. There's nipple. There's Blinded nipple. Blinded by the light. I need to I lean like forward. I lean like forward how it's so bit. white that it actually blocks me out. <laughs> it does. It thinks it's a green screen, man. Yeah. You gotta yeah. lean in. <laughs> I'm so white it thinks that I'm see through. You gotta lean into the camera there a little bit. I'm, I'm leaning. I'm leaning. Oh, maybe lean back then. You disappeared on us. Oh my God, yeah. you are see-through. <laughs> oh, there's a sweet spot. There's like a sweet spot. <laughs> this is a nipple shot. Yeah. The, nip, the nipple spot. All right, let's talk yeah. about this tent stake that Triple O found on the street. So, so I was hiking with my girlfriend, and we were trying to go off trail because um, we didn't want to come near anybody this is about you know a couple weeks ago and so we were just wandering through like a national forest <laughs> and, <laughs> and we stopped on like the side of a mountain <laughs> not in a particularly flat space and sit on a rock to have lunch and we're sitting there and I look down and I find a tent stake hmm. and, it's, and it's and I'm wondering a like why would someone camp on this side of the mountain <laughs> it's like there's a million places to camp that would be better than this within like visual distance of where we are um but yeah we found a, a very nice tent stake um it's now sitting in my car's cup holder did you use it i have not used it yet. oh my god that what was kind you of, said you were gonna on, use man. it i'm sorry did you say <laughs> what love kind of, of we down here <laughs> Tell me every detail about how you found this damn tent well, stake. Well, tell us what about care. this story. What kind of tent what stake? What kind of tent stake? It is one of those tent stakes that is um, 
kind of like a, it's like a, an, a right angle, like a 90 degree angle. A DAC? I don't know what that means. It's a, but, like, company you know, makes a lot it's a of V-shaped those. prism. A V-shaped, tends yeah. to prism. very, very lightweight. Um, mm. I think it's probably worth at least two to three dollars <laughs> at REI. <laughs> Have you been able to open any beer with it? I have not been able to open any beer with it. What color what about, is it? What about wine? Have you been able to open any wine with it? Uh, no wine. It's silver. So if you're okay. looking, so if any of you out there are hearing this review and think this is a 10 state for me, what you got to do is wander through the forest until you find one, but look for a silver wine. That's this 10 state review reminds me of this when we had worst. Glenn Van Pesky on. So, so Triple O, if somebody the thinks that maybe, that maybe this is their 10 stake, uh, that you found like they're like oh, oh man that's what that's yeah. where i was when, when i lost my tent stake yeah so um, if you've lost your tent stake in a national forest feel free to email me with a description of the tent stake i got a better out of idea. order <laughs> to I got a better com. there's a guy i mailed a used toothpick to i want you to send that tent <laughs> stake to him oh we could yeah <laughs> We'll just start sending him random things. Yep. Every month. Every month we'll have like fine, some random man. thing. To... Yeah. You know, I I actually find tent stakes like it's it's like one of my stupid human tricks for camping. It doesn't matter whether it's a like an established campground where, you know, people are there all the time or it's like one of those ones where it's like uh dispersed camping and like yeah you can tell people have camped there over the years doesn't matter i roll into a spot and like within 37 seconds i'm like oh i found two tent stakes but they're never good i find so I, many i found good ones yeah i found so many and they just all seem like crap what's they're, the they're they're the often those like found. those cheap they're yeah. often those cheap uh shepherd's hook yeah. ones or yeah. whatever the big thicker ones um which i actually like those for some uses but uh, not really backpacking, um, but no, I've actually found like uh, MSR um, groundhogs. Uh, I found two of those before. I found the I think similar to actually what you're talking about, Triple O, like the the V shape, and they've got like yeah, the, I, I think I think they are usually made by this company called DAC D A C. DAC. Uh, but uh, I found a couple of those. I think um, I think. I found pulling, a spork. I think pulling tent Sporks stakes good. out of people's pitched tents does not count as finding <laughs> tent stakes. <laughs> no, that's called appropriating. I've also done uh, that. Okay, okay. Last last summer was like my summer of finding stuff on trails. I found a hiking stick. I found trail crampons, like like wow. hillside hiking crampons. I found an insulated water bottle. That's great. I found a pair of short trekking poles. I'll give them to Dilo the next time I see you. I'm hoping Thanks, next year. I'll, I'll give them to my children. Yeah. I'm hoping next year I find uh, another micro spike to match the one that I found this <laughs> last winter. Nice. Then I can have a pair. Because that's, you know, just the one. It's kind of tough. I found, right, a tilly we, uh... hat. I found a tilly hat that I've been wearing. Ooh. It's so Ooh. nice. It's Those so are high good. dollar, my friend. You know, I, know. I was actually out looking for mushrooms. Uh, uh, like trying to hunt for morels um, a couple of weeks ago and found like an old abandoned camp up uh, like above Boulder, hmm. way above Boulder. And Sunshine Canyon? Uh, no, uh-uh. 
Um, it was it wasn't that far off of the the main Boulder Canyon, and okay. um, but there there was quite a bit of stuff there that I was like, you know, if I felt like carrying all this crap out, actually, you know what, Delo, mm. I think we can go there and we can get your tent pole fixed. Go where? to this camp that I found. It was like an old squatter's camp. Somebody had like, there was an old MSR uh, uh, water filter and and a Coleman stove. And Seems like it might be easier stuff. just to get one from but, REI. But there yeah. was a, there was a big huge much. tent there. There's a big huge tent there and it had it had some good looking poles, I'll tell you what. And I think that tent we was all actually know. in pretty good shape. We all Who know how, how interchangeable poles are. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. When these <laughs> poles like meet in the center and it's got like this overhang that slips into the sheath that holds up the awning and then these other things are like this particular length. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. I think we've covered everything on our show sheets. Well, that can only mean one thing, that this is the part of the show where we end. Where I go to bed. Oh. Was this was this a brief show? Was this a short show? Uh, it was a summer skinny. Not as skinny it. as you'd think. No. We're at, we're at almost three hours recording time. My neighbor asked me tonight while we were on break, she said, how long are your shows? I said, three <laughs> hours. And she said, oh, so you edit them down to 30 minutes? And I said, no, they're three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but they are edited down from like 10 hours. They're edited down from three hours to like two hours, 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to eBrake for talking to us about her hike of the Lakes to Ocean Trail, also known as the L-Tot. I want to call it the Teeter-Tot. Thanks to Trail Show Nation for your patience as we work on getting the podcast back up on Apple Podcasts, and hopefully it will be by the time you hear the show. Uh, Thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a Trail Show koozie and some stickers for a $15 more donation at thetrailshow.com. We will mail those out to you ASAP. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trail Show, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. You can find us on Stitcher, on Google Play, and other apps soon. Another Trail Show is coming and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in July with more beers trails and nonsense until then for pod d special 41 triple o and e-break i'm disco ciao ciao oh bye bye now oh, bye 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 <laughs> tent stakes on hillsides <laughs> oh yeah if you tent find any tent stakes on be hillsides. sure to send them to the triple o any, any tent, tent stakes, stakes on hillsides mine. yeah Ten stakes on hillsides. Triple O, why were you walking on hillsides? Lost Kingdom. Little tent stakes on the hill. I was trying to get to the top of the hill so I could have lunch. Oh, okay. Food. Driven by food. I get it. Yeah. He was choosing a good break spot instead of just stopping at the two-hour mark like a militant. Yeah. By the way, this is a... (laughs) (laughs) I camped out two weekends ago above Idaho Springs off a random forest service road and I had this sweet campsite overlooking the town of Idaho Springs all to myself 
and I was like, man, this is awesome. Nobody's here. Saturday night, boom, bam. And right at the tip of darkness, uh, two car carloads of, oh. of Idaho Springs high schoolers pulled up and set up shop 50 yards away from me. Nice. That's, that's when you got to just walk over and be like, listen, guys, you know, I'd hate to have to write you a ticket on my day off. <laughs> You know what? Next maybe, time I'll, I'll maybe, use that. Maybe I'll find somewhere else to do this, and I <laughs> well, won't have to deal with it. I, tur- I turned on my crickets, my, my Calm app, played the cricket song real loud in my tent, put in earplugs. Man, it was awesome. Like, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> I woke up at, like, 2 a.m., and the party was still going. They were still raging out. It was It was crazy. And then I put my earplugs back in, went to sleep. Woke up at 6 a.m. There was like one of the high schoolers was sitting outside the tent with a with a sleeping <laughs> bag draped over their their shoulders, and I was just like, "Good morning." <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a good time. You like that special? <laughs> I think I, I, I look I, I look like I'm falling. <laughs> That's actually a beer that the Onion sent to us one year. What? With ice? Dude, send me some Florida, man. WTF. Quick point of order. Um, are, are you just going to like go through later after the show and uh, when you're editing and drop in the miles uh, where he says kilometers? No. You lost me at historic records. <laughs> I feel a burp coming after I get rid of this burp, then we can start the show.